I never thought that this would be anything big. You're now the youngest billionaire in the UK. Oh my <laughs> God. On paper, which is just completely untrue. No individual should ever pin their self-worth on things like wealth and net worth. I don't see it as a measure of success. But honestly, I'd say if you're not motivated, then you don't want it enough. 100% today to be 1% better tomorrow. There was a point there where I'd, I'd essentially resigned myself to losing the business and the business failing. Today, I'm welcoming a very special guest to the show as we're joined by one of the true success stories of British business in the 21st century, who also happens to be a good friend of mine from university, Ben Francis, the founder and CEO of Gymshark. Ben founded Gymshark in 2012 when he was just 19, whilst juggling university and working as a pizza delivery driver. Now, he bootstrapped the brand from his bedroom. Ben found his passion at the intersection of business, IT and fitness, creating what he didn't know would become a billion dollar company. In 2020, Gymshark became the second of only two UK brands to achieve unicorn status. That's being valued at over one billion pounds with no external funding. Now, Gymshark are the conditioning brand. It creates the tools that help everyone to become their personal best. Whether it's the clothing they sweat in, the content they find inspiration in, or the community they find belonging in. Gymshark's legacy was built in the weight room in Birmingham, UK, but these days its family stands at over 17 million people across 180 countries. Despite the brand's rapid growth, Ben has remained true to his founding ethos, building a community that works hard and stays humble. Well, Ben, welcome to the Superpower Podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's quite cool, I think, given the fact that we've known each other now. I was thinking about this on the train down. We must have known each other now for about 12 years. It so it's weird to be doing yeah. this, but I'm looking forward to it. And one of my first memories with you, I don't know whether you know this, mm. it's Freshers' Week mm. and we're dressed as Smurfs. We was dressed, yeah, yeah, we yeah, had yeah, the yeah. fancy dress stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was yeah. trying to dig out the photo for this and I was yeah. like, I can't find it, but I'm going to find it afterwards. Yeah. But no, it's great. And it's so great to have you. So thanks for coming here. Thank you. Now, obviously, before we've just started, you've just done a bit of an exercise. Yeah. A snapshot, two minutes into Ben's life. Yeah. How was that for you? It's cool. I, I mean, I'm the sort of person that very, very rarely thinks about the past and tries to exclusively think about the future. So it was quite a interesting exercise that I certainly haven't done in a long time. Yeah. Why do you not think about the past that much? Uh, probably because I'm so busy, for one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think just like, I mean, when we get to it, the last 10 years or so for me, doing the job that I do has been so crazy. Yeah. Every second and minute is scheduled and it's, um, I find there's never really time to stop and dwell, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, where we are today and to the future, I want to mm. go all the way back. Yeah. I know you're saying we don't look in the past, so I'm just going as yeah. far back as we can. Because what is the earliest memory that you can even recollect in your mind? What is it? What's going on? So I had two, which yeah. I was struggling to, I was trying to think through. There was one was, I remember, so when uh, my mum and dad's first house, that where, where I obviously grew up for the first few years of my yeah. life, we was right next to a train line. And I, I don't know why, I just remember that train line. I mean, it was probably because my mom and dad says, don't go near yeah, yeah. the train line. Um, and I, there's nothing more to it than that. I just remember that house being near the train line. Yeah. And then after that, I remember being with my grandparents and they would live in the countryside. So I remember being out there and I remember they had a horse and stables and I remember going out with my nan and like clearing out the horse and like picking up the hoof yeah. and like clearing out the foot and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Those are probably my earliest two memories and there's not to be honest there's not too much in yeah. them but and is the, the are those grandparents your mums or your dad's mums mums parents yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. i obviously i met them at your wedding yeah and granddad's quite a character right yeah he's he's absolutely yeah. hilarious yeah. absolute legend and and so what's interesting though is i want to look at so little ben growing up then so mm. he's spending time with your grandparents there what was the voice like in your mind as you were growing up mm, i don't really know it was just like I just fun like I had such an amazing upbringing. Yeah. I always remember years and years and years ago where Jim Shark had this like first taste of success and someone put a camera in front of me and says 
talk about how hard life was growing up and mm. all the people that said no you couldn't do this I, and I said no I've I had such an amazing upbringing yeah. and that's not to say that we were like super super wealthy or anything yeah. like that and equally we weren't super super poor yeah but like I had I just loved so much about my upbringing I had a really cool upbringing as well because so my mum was a nurse in the NHS so yeah. she'd work at the QE in Birmingham and she would do nights yeah. my dad would work abroad a lot so I was also raised quite extensively by my grandparents on on both sides so I had a really cool upbringing where I got time with my mum and dad but lots yeah. and lots of time with my grandparents so I also had quite an old school upbringing mm. in that sense where um which maybe is probably more akin to an upbringing of you know maybe a generation before myself mm. um but yeah I, I loved it I loved it and I had my dad's family that was more I mean, they were more Birmingham-based and they yeah. ended up moving out of Birmingham and into Redditch. And then his mum moved out into Wales. So I spent loads of time out in Wales, yeah. loads of time in Birmingham, loads of time in Redditch. And then there was my mum's side that lived in the countryside and they had the horses, the dogs, and we yeah. had the freedom to play and all that. I would be riding, there's like there's pictures of me riding a motorcycle when I'm far, far too young to be riding a motorbike. So having the freedom to do all that, I had yeah. such a varied upbringing. Yeah. But it, it was great. I love it because it's the motorbikes on your... Your mum's dad's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, I remember when I met him and he mm. said to me, you know, he keeps buying motorbikes now and again. He said, you know what? My wife's always been buying handbags yeah. and she just says they just keep appearing. So yeah. I just keep buying motorbikes. Yeah, keep they just yeah. keep appearing. But on that note, we talk about family a lot. Clearly uh, had a lot of impact on you growing up. Mm. But if I'm not wrong, there was a conversation March 21 when your dad called you and he called you about your granddad. Mm. And... And you mentioned that that was a real turning point of even more how important family was for you during that phone call. What kind of happened during that moment in 2021 when you were sharing about your granddad? So this was this was on my dad's side yeah. when he he'd basically had a stroke in the night and he'd I think I don't know what had happened. I think he'd got up got up in the night to go to the loo, had a stroke, and he ended up in the hospital, which was obviously incredibly scary for us because that was probably the. F I, Again, being raised somewhat by my grandparents on both sides, they all, you always think they're invincible. Like you think your parents are invincible, you think your grandparents are invincible, especially because my dad's dad is such a strong character. Yeah. He's so strong. Um, and he's that typical old school, brummy bloke who is never weak. You'd never ever see him upset in any way, shape or form, massively into sports. And he's just a tough, tough bloke. So mm -hmm. to hear of him going through that was obviously not nice at all, but in typical fashion, he powered through that and yeah. got through it and he made an amazing recovery. But yeah, that was, that was not fun yeah. in the slightest. It's not. And I think one thing that jumped out for me was obviously your wedding. You had mm -hmm. all four grandparents there, Yeah, which I think that was my standout thought. Wow. Like Ben, and 28, 29. Desperate for them to all be there. So beautiful. Yeah. And I just think that's something that's so powerful, like having mm. them around you. Um, and when we when we yeah. walked back down the aisle, one yeah. of the memories that really sticks with me from my wedding was we walked back down the aisle, and he was in like he was in like a wheelchair, so he was slightly out from the rest of the yeah. <clears throat> of the group. And as I walked out, I saw him crying, and I've never seen I've never seen him cry, and he would just look look so happy. And I think he and he I think he was proud of me. I think he was proud of us. But I think he was just happy that he got to see that because he was well aware of the fact that he might not have seen us get married. So. It's amazing. And, and, and on the other side, then you mentioned granddad's in a wheelchair, which, by the way, it's a whole other conversation. Mm. Accessibility is so important. How was that for you then? Because you said he was always such a, a powerful, strong man that you looked up to, mm. sportsman, keen sportsman. Uh, how is he now, you know, from an accessibility standpoint, how is that for you kind of seeing him? So he, so he yeah. was the one that was crying. So he's the one that was in the wheelchair. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, he's he's just so stubborn that he just fights through everything. I think he's finally gotten to the point where he realizes that he needs a bit of help getting around and things like that. Yeah. Um, but he's doing, he's doing really, really yeah. well. And um, he's got like a, one of those electric things to help him get around oh, again. Nice. He doesn't, I don't think he likes using it, but he, um, yeah, he pops around when he can and, and we go to see him. So he's doing well. Now on the note of your wedding, obviously Robin, the beautiful human she is, mm -hmm. I want to go into Robin a little bit more. Was there a particular moment when you knew she's the one? Um, well, yeah, I think so. We we speak about this a bit. So I think we we knew pretty much immediately. Um, 
and it was completely random. So we met, I was doing loads and loads of travel at the time. And we was working at an event in Toronto because yeah. she's from Canada. And funnily enough, she was actually moving from Nova Scotia to uh, British Columbia at the time. So she was driving across um, Canada and she stopped in Toronto and we did the fitness event and we met there. Um, and I don't know. It, it, she, so first and foremost, she's incredibly, incredibly smart. So she did like a degrees in biochemistry and engineering. Um, and I found, and she knew fitness in a way that i didn't know fitness almost mm. like to, to a scientific level um and i think we just connected then and then we stayed in touch and because i was traveling around we yeah. met in new york i think it was like dc philadelphia we were over in the west coast as well yeah. um and then it came to a point where we were like right let's let's try and give this a go yeah. and at the time she was i think she, she was in this process of moving out to bc and then she moved back to Toronto because it was obviously closer to the UK from a time zone perspective. And it, it just, it was just never going to work. So we said, right, either I'm going to Toronto or you're coming to the UK. And because of my job, I couldn't move. She, she was a YouTuber influencer and everything else. Yeah. So she had far more flexibility. So yeah, she jumped on a plane and flew to the UK and has essentially never looked back since, wow. which is amazing. And I mean, and on that note then, obviously a big change in your life that's come recently is your two beautiful twin boys yeah big life change yeah. how's that going it's, it's like everyone says yeah. the same thing it's the hardest thing you'll ever do but yeah. the best it's so fulfilling and even though now they're only they're only 16 weeks old so they've like just started oh. smiling and things like that there's the, there's not loads of feedback yeah but it's absolutely amazing yeah. and we want loads of kids we want to have three yeah. four or five kids if we can like we're we're in such a lucky position yeah. um we want to have a big family and yeah, yeah and just really we're really enjoying it at the moment and that's not to say it's not hard yeah. by the way i think it's far more hard on robin than it is on me but mm. um she loves it i love it and it's just been amazing which i love and without going into too much detail I remember when i asked you about their names and mm. you were like i let robin choose them yeah because it was her body and she should make these decisions and i thought yeah. it was so beautiful yeah because of all the people i meet not well, she, many she's in that. charge ultimately <laughs> that's the whole thing right i mean she had to give birth to the babies and yeah, carry yeah. them around and things like yeah. that and obviously we had loads of conversations about what we're going to call them but yeah. that side of things like i don't know if this is old-fashioned or old school but like robin yeah. is the mom she's in charge of the home and the boys and obviously i do my bit and i work as hard as i can with them as well uh, and I love every second I get with them, but she, I mean, she's the mom and mom's no best. So what's your average morning like now? Because we all know you're up early, bacon, um, eggs, all the rest of it. Hang on, but now we've got, got the, the twins up. We've got Robin. What's going on? So if they're, if they're being fed, yeah. then I'll obviously go in and say hello and <laughs> I'll leave them to it because I don't want to like ruin every, anything because they're in like, such a strict routine. If they're not, then I'll pop in, give them a little hug and a cuddle, run down and see the dogs, eat yeah. breakfast and then go out to... to um, to work i'm yeah. so i'm still out as early as i can be yeah. um and then i'll try and see them every evening yeah. as well and then i'm with them all weekend which is nice so cute when when i knew you had the boys i just imagined these two little boys coming out like head to toe in gymshark yeah like, have they got gymshark they've got, got gymshark yeah they've got gymshark. And I, to be honest, I didn't even do that it was the guys at work <laughs> that made them all the stuff up which was great that's yeah. so cute you don't do any children's rage you don't do no, any, no, no. No. oh like it now on that note of gymshark then obviously launched in 2012 yeah. and there's so much that we could go into but one thing i really am interested in is the logo mm. now obviously the logo's evolved over the years mm. and if i'm not wrong the original idea was inspired by a mascot in america yeah, i just yeah, wanted yeah. to go into what was the inspiration and what made you change the logo um so the, yeah the original ins inspiration was basically there was uh, an american i think it was a tiger you know you've seen them they run yeah. on the pitch i mean we do it here in cricket and things like that um and I saw that and I thought, oh, imagine if that was like a muscular animal of some sort. Then I was Googling around and saw some more. And then I thought, well, maybe that could be a shark. And then gymshark.co.uk was available and it was about three pounds on GoDaddy. And I mean, you sort of referenced it at the start, but because I'd had all these different websites before, I would yeah. never thought that this would be anything big. It was just yeah. another small project that I thought I would work on. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't too much thought to it, to be honest. Mm. I just thought, oh, that sounds cool. So nice. let's, let's give it a go. And obviously this happens uh, 2012, you launched Gymshark. Yeah. Obviously you filled in the graph of life earlier first, and I can see a bit of a dip here. Mm -hmm. And not to say that, you know, life is full of highs and lows, but yeah. what was going on just here then around this time? So that would have been pre-Gymshark. Pre yeah. And I think, to be honest, I there was a few things 
<clears throat> so I would say, as a young kid, I didn't. I, I never enjoyed school. Yeah. I never like loved school, but I didn't mind it. And I had such a great upbringing that it was sort of like I had a, that's why I'm sort of super high there. Yeah. Then I think as I come into my teenage years, I definitely enjoy school less and less. Okay. Um, and then I think that's the whole thing of what am I going to do when I'm older and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I think going to uni as well was an interesting one so so first and foremost i would say when i finished school you finish at 16 your gcse's before you go into yeah. college or sixth form right yeah and i didn't get the grades yeah that i needed to get into the sixth form that i wanted to go to and to be honest that was a combination of things i didn't really apply myself i didn't have an interest in school and i didn't ever get out of school almost what i thought i deserved it sounds a bit arrogant no, but no. so it just it just didn't make sense to me yeah and i think that the reason for that was there were certain subjects I would work really hard in and get terrible grades, and then there were certain subjects that I literally didn't care about, and I'd go and hit really good grades. Um, so I ended up going off and doing a couple of days in a different school, right. but then the school that I wanted to go to essentially had like a spare place, and my mom went in and she was like, you know, please can you have this place? And they said yes. Yeah. So I then left the school I'd moved to and yeah. was luckily lucky enough to go to the school I wanted to go to, yeah. which was really good. Um, and were you studying English Lit if I read so that not, somewhere? Not at that point, but that's, yeah. so that was one of the things. They said, you can come in, but you have to study English Literature because that was the one thing that I got really good grades in. Nice. So I had to do English Lit, even though I really didn't enjoy it. Um, although I learned to enjoy it. Then I did a BTEC like, d- double thing in IT, which was great because yeah. that took up then most of my time. And then I did Business Studies. And then that's when I think things got better because then I got into the gym and I learned in the gym that if I put the effort in, then I would get outcomes, which was really great for me. Yeah. I.e., if I go to the gym five days a week for a year, I'm in a better place at the end of the year than I was at the start of the year. I sort of learned how to manage school and routine and so on. And I got to do IT. And IT was a really big subject for me. Yeah. Because of it being a BTEC, I found it was way better than A-levels because it was practical. Yeah. And I'm such a hands-on person i can sort of do theory okay but i need to see touch and feel and and i had a really 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 well, i had two really good it teachers and there was this one thing at the or this one lesson at the start where they basically give you a locked computer and you have to get into it right. and and that was so cool for me and then there there was another one when you had like a I think it was like a blank computer and you had to load Linux up onto it and do certain things. And, and these weren't like, it wasn't right an answer to this. It yeah. was do something. So how the hell do you get into a laptop when it's locked? I can't, honestly, I can't even remember now. They, they told <laughs> us what to do, but it was, it, yeah. it was amazing, honestly. Yeah. And it was such a, it was such a fun, yeah. enjoyable lesson and you could control everything. It wasn't like we're now yeah. doing this today. It was, there was this long list of modules that yeah. you basically had to do by the end of the year and they would loosely take you through them. But then it, it would go into everything. It would be website development. It would be databases. Uh, we did like critical path stuff. Yeah. We did hardware. We did software, different operating systems. And it was stuff that I was both interested in. But I could see the the, the way that I would then apply yeah. it to my later life. Um, whereas there was other subjects that I was doing before that at GCSE level, which whilst I'm sure interesting to some, weren't interesting to me mm. or... I, ha- I just had this feeling that they wouldn't be of yeah. use to me later on in life. Now, you mentioned software there, mm. right? And I know there's something you've spoken about in the past where you like in your mind to almost being like a computer. Yeah. And the software that we put in and out of our brains almost. What's the most important software you've put in your mind in your career so far? Oh, God. I'd probably say routine. Yeah. I, honestly, I think routine's really important because... And that comes to the gym and that comes into work as well. Um, I think... In the same way that like a computer just runs basic processes and you set it up to do certain tasks, yeah. I think you have to try and f- get yourself to do that as well. Yeah. And obviously the, the clear example that I would use is going to the gym. If you're yeah. just going to go to the gym, you'd sooner do three days a week for a year than six days a week for six weeks and then nothing. And I think just building like habits into your life, which are beneficial. We have a saying up in our, our gym at work and it says... 100% today to be 1% better tomorrow. And it's all about those incremental 1% every single day yeah. that I think over a prolonged period of time improve you. And I think it's it's so much of it is behavioral. And mm-hmm. I've got lots of, I'm, I'm fortunate, right, to have worked with loads of intelligent and talent, talented people and met a load of people that have been probably far more successful than I ever will be. And just being able to watch their behaviors 
they act in a way that I aspire to act like. And that's not to say that they're not super smart and all these other yeah. things, because I do think there's there's certain things that are somewhat out of your control that some of the most successful people I've met have. But then equally, I don't think just being naturally smart is enough to be successful in life. You have to have these like programs mm. and these routines, these habits um, and the work ethic. So you mentioned like routines, processes, like some people might say, oh, but Ben, I'm not that motivated to have a routine. Obviously, you're quite like disciplined and regimented. What would you say to people who are listening who think, yeah, I just need to like get my life in check a bit more? Say, what can they do? Honestly, I'd say if you're not motivated, then you don't want it enough. Mm. I hear that all the time. I yeah. think people saying, I'd really like to, I don't know, I'd really like to be good at X or I'd really like to be good in the gym. And it's like, well, there is literally nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah. And that's not to say that you need to try and climb Everest in a day sort of thing and do it all at once. You yeah. could just... You you have you could do one thing today that will get you one step closer to that, and I do think it's just about being humble in your approach because that's another thing that I think that we've done well at Gymshark is we never sat there, particularly in the early days, and said we want to be a billion dollar brand or we want to do this and we want to have this many customers or this many followers or anything like that. It was always a re- everything was a really low bar, so it was let's make a website that transacts, and okay, so let's get a transaction, let's get regular transactions let's get customers that are going to come back to us Mm. more than once let's do our first event let's sell at that event let's do two events like there was never this huge massive goal it was more of a case of like small incremental gains on a regular basis that then slowly add up into the longer term ambition and i think taking that into your personal life as well at least for me has been incredibly powerful and on that longer term ambition, then I mm. want to go quite long, long term mm-hmm. because you launched in 2012. Let's go to the year 2112, which okay. is super interesting because it's well, I'll this, be dead then. Yeah, but we'll gym sharp. <laughs> Hopefully not. That's exactly. the aim, right? And, and so what's interesting about that year, by the way, 100 yeah. years of gym shark is it's what I was having a look palindrome year. So it's written the same way forwards as backwards. And that doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. It's 2112. There's an yeah. event going on. How are people talking about gym shark? hopefully is the iconic lifting brand and the iconic gym brand in the same way that Land Rover is the iconic four by four brand and the way that Victoria Knox is the iconic Swiss army knife brand. And the same way that Burberry has the iconic trench. I want, mm. I want Gymshark to be the iconic brand in its space. And have you got a vision? Do you think in the future, I'm going back into the kind of years in the future, mm. your boys might be there, might be, might be kind of in their 80s or something. Yeah. My math's probably wrong there. Mm. Do you see them being involved in Gymshark one day? Oh, that's a big question. I, I would say on the balance of probabilities, no. Okay. I'm this, not, I, yeah. I don't know. I need to, this is what I need to look into. I'm not convinced that's a, a good long-term yeah. thing. And I think they, they should have the opportunity to pave their own yes. way in life. And listen, if they if by coincidence and competency all these things align and that's the place for them to be, then I think that would be great. I think on the balance of probabilities, it's unlikely though. Yeah. Now on that note of starting businesses and family, friends being involved, mm. I think there's something else that I wanted to ask your thoughts on. And that's when people are raising money. Mm. So with that startup scale ups and they think, you know, need more investment. Yeah. Now, obviously you bootstrapped at Gymshark at the start. And for listeners who don't know what yeah. that is, it's obviously using internal funds <coughs> and not raising external money. Yep. I meet so many people today who are kind of like, oh, you know, I need to raise money, raise money. And I sit down like, what do you need it for? Mm. Often I can't articulate it properly. <coughs> what are your views on people bootstrapping versus just raising money, especially as a startup? I, I see it as a, as a, almost like a final scenario once all of the business models have been tested. Because there are certain models that I think you just have to be bootstrapped for. Yeah. I think it would be very, very hard to start a big tech firm without some form of investment, given the cost of development, unless you're some sort of savant developer that can literally build everything yourself. But even then, you'd have to question, would you then have the ability to market and sell that as well? Um, but I I personally would am a fan of building profitable and productive businesses. So I would say nine times out of 10, I think you should focus on 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 that ultimately building a a profitable and productive business and that's good for lots of different reasons because intellectually it's challenging but two in terms of the construction of your business it means that you're more likely retain to retain more control Mm. as a founder 
which in the long term will be better for you, but it also could give your company a competitive advantage from an agility and speed point of view, because then you have centralized decision making. The more you bootstrap, the, sorry, the more that you borrow money and you you bring investors in, whilst there are huge benefits to that and you can fuel growth in a way that maybe a bootstrap business can't, you then water down the ability, in my opinion, to be agile and make quick entrepreneurial decisions because by, because by definition you've got more interested parties with different opinions and i was reading a book recently have you read the founder's dilemma no uh, somebody's recommended it recently of this whole difference of do you want to you know be a king of a kingdom type mm. thing or do you want to have a smaller part of the pie and it's massive mm-hmm. and very few go on to achieve that obviously we see names like bill gates richard brantz have done very yeah. well it's on that note you've done this as well which again mm. very few people achieve and one thing we can't shy away from in this conversation is what's happened recently, which you're now the youngest billionaire in the UK. Mm. And just for those listening or watching, I'm going to give on paper. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of it's real. I know we've got the most humble person that we'll ever meet here, but just for a bit of context, the average billionaire, according to Forbes, is 65 years old. Mm. And there's only 15 around the world who are age 30 and under. Mm-hmm. 11 of them have inherited their wealth. Mm-hmm. Four of them are self-made, and you're one of them. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? I never think about it. And I actually quite found the news articles quite... I, I, I don't see it as a measure of success. And I think it's all on paper. I think people assume that there's some bank balance with my name on somewhere that has billions in, which is just completely untrue. It's 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 never been the goal. And the articles aren't helpful. Mm. They're they're nice and it's great. It's yeah. it's I lo- listen, I love the compliments. I love the fact that that Jim Sharks getting the attention. Yeah. Um I'm not convinced the articles have a net positive effect for me personally, but um, it's, it's cool. And I'm super, listen, I'm super, super, I don't want to put a down on it. I'm super proud of what we've achieved and what I've achieved. And I think like, if I think back to growing up and, you know, riding on a little motorbike when I was a young kid and the likelihood of me being here from that age is probably one in a several million, I'd imagine probably probably tens, if not hundreds of millions based on that math. Um, but I don't see that as a as a KPI personally. I think that's a good thing to like bust a little bit here because if people are thinking, oh, what a billionaire's got a billion pounds or dollars in the bank, obviously we know that's not how no. it works. It's based on their assets and it's... And assets by definition fluctuate in value. It yeah. could double, it could half. There's all of these yeah. things that can happen. And that's why I think it's important that you... And no individual should ever pin their self-worth on things like wealth, net worth, or anything, mm-hmm. quite frankly, financial. I see that as a wildly unproductive way to live. And personally, it's something that I, I'm, I'm not massively interested in. And I, like I said, the articles are great. I hate yeah. looking at them. I don't read them. I don't. I almost would rather just forget. There was a point where there was like loads of them popping through, and I just turned my phone off, and I thought I don't want to see that. I just want to, I just want to focus on my job because yeah. I, I don't do it for that. I do it because I work with great people. I'm working on a cause that I genuinely care about and am passionate about. Um, And yeah, like I said, it's great, but it's certainly not the be all and end all. But I know in the past you've said success for you is kind of freedom, happiness, prosperity. And I want to dig into freedom. Mm -hmm. What what does that look like for you? Freedom for me is the fact that I, and I literally spoke to my granddad about this the other day, my mum's dad. And I said, I get to wake up every day and do exactly what I want to do with really cool people. And I get to see parts of the world I never thought I would see. Yeah. And I get to connect with people I never thought I would get to connect with. And that's where maybe like things like that, those articles and yeah. that, that thing that came out the other week was, is useful because I can connect with people and just learn from people. And I get this turbocharged, supercharged approach to lear- learning because if there's something that I'm particularly interested in, I'm fortunate enough now to be in a position where I can speak to industry leaders or yeah. thought leaders in that place and they'll be kind enough to share an hour of their time with me which i think is really 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 beneficial but you know what and i think we've got an opportunity here to help people because there's this you can say if it's a myth that people think money buys happiness Mm. constantly hear it you meet people you look at social media does money buy happiness i'd say to a a degree okay there's clearly a level yeah there's a level, I don't know, I swear I've heard this. There is a level, and I don't know what that level is, where basically you can, as long as you can pay your bills, yeah. 
you're in a nice enough house you can cover food and fees and whatever it is for your kids and you don't have to panic as you get into the third week of every month i think then obviously the value like the link between happiness and wealth probably then yeah. diminishes after that point. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, no, money doesn't buy happiness because I absolutely think it buys comfort and freedom yeah. and all those things. But I do think that finance and money does give you freedom, which goes back to the previous point. But there's, if personally if my wealth increased or decreased by 10%, I think something that I need to make sure that I continue to have in my character is that that wouldn't affect my feelings of self-worth and, and so on and so on. And that's such an important message for people, though, because so many people will be striving for the next goal mm. and often monetary goal, mm -hmm. whereas, as you know, it's that inner self-worth. And people will say, oh, yeah, but money does buy happiness. Do you think that they've almost got to experience having some form of money or comfort in order to know that feeling? Um, possibly. But then some of, the, some of the happiest people I know are by no means millionaires and, and aren't the wealthiest people that you'll ever meet. I do. I, th I think it's an out, outlook of life. And I think some people are, c are cursed. I think maybe to a degree, I think I'd count myself in this as well, by the way, cursed with an, an innate level of competitiveness that yeah. will never, ever go away. On the extreme end of that, there's that Michael, is it the Michael Jordan documentary? Mm. Where, oh, what's it called? But basically, he's, he's sat at the end. You go through the whole thing yeah. and you watch it and he's like this billionaire sportsman. And I don't think anyone can watch that and think, oh, was that really worth it? You don't mm -hmm. seem particularly happy. Like, you're not sat there doing backflips. And I think yeah. I, I always have to pinch myself. And I always think I'm living in the best period of my life right now. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I wake up and I do what I want. Yeah. I meet cool people. I travel the world. I've got yeah. two happy and healthy children. I've got a wonderful wife. My parents and grandparents are all alive. And that's that's the most important thing for me. It is. And I thought we've got a guest coming on the show in the future, Mogul Dat, who speaks about happiness. And mm -hmm. he just says it's that quiet contentment feeling of, I like my life as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And people get this confused in the world today. Mm -hmm. But uh, you said that, you know, you get to wake up and everything is great. You get to make the decisions. Yeah. Now, making those decisions that you get to do day to day and having the control can't be easy. And people often, I meet, struggle how to make the right decision. Mm. How do you go about making a decision? Oh, depends on the decision. Okay. I, I, I will always skew towards instinct personally, nice. but then given yeah. the scale of the business now, there's, <coughs> there's a degree of data and information that I think needs to be overlaid by that. So it really depends on the decision. If it's a product yeah. decision, or something creative, then I'll almost exclusively led by instinct. Yeah. Um, if it's projections around revenues, customers and whatnot, mm. then obviously then that'll be heavily data led. And obviously on your, looking at your graph again here, mm. like the dip down in the 20s, and then obviously we're on a nice upwards trajectory, which is always yeah. good to see. But Ben, what's been the most difficult decision that you've had to make in your life? The most difficult decision? Um... I know it's not an easy one. No, I don't oh, really know, it. to be honest. I would say when, the, I mean, the big dip here, yeah, downward yeah. trend would be when Lewis and I essentially went our separate ways yeah. in the business. Whether or not that was a decision or something that sort of just happened, I don't know. I think you could probably call that as the most difficult period, and that was tough. Yeah. But then, again, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I like to look at everything as a, yeah. as a positive. Um, the... The, the, the thing that that gave me was yeah. there was a point there where I'd, I'd essentially resigned myself to losing the business and the business failing. And there was a, there was a point where I was flying home from the States and I was, I was jotting down ideas of, do I go back to uni? Do I go, go get a job? Uh -huh. And is that job, do I just go back and do a pizza thing? Or am I going to try and get like a you know, proper job for lack of a better term? Yeah. Do I want to stay in the UK? Do I want to go abroad? All these things. Do I try and start something new again? And whilst that was so hard at the time, everything after that I felt like was a bonus. And I think so much of that has fueled Gymshark and it's helped give me that level of optimism and that mindset, which I, I now carry with me every day mm. because everything feels like a bonus because there's been, that was a particular time, but there's been times where I've just had to come to terms with the death of Gymshark, yeah. the failure of the business. Um, that since then I've just, I think everything else all of the, and this is 
personal life aside from a professional point of view mm. once you've come to terms with the the fact that the business is going to die then everything else is fairly easy and yeah. it can be put into context and i mean obviously we can see an upwards trajectory mm-hmm. business didn't die it did quite the opposite it's absolutely flourishing mm-hmm. and i'm always interested in how people think right and what yeah. goes through your mind negotiation is pretty critical whether that's the negotiations going on at the dips in our life but you probably negotiate every day yeah. i know people listening to this might be renegotiating their salary or negotiating terms with investors like mm-hmm. what goes through your mind when you're about to go into a negotiation how do you like prep for it is there a process or do you just like trust your gut um very again very much gut led and it, i think it really depends on what you're negotiating i mean I've so I've negotiated with lots of different people, lots yeah. of different companies on lots of different things, big things, small things. I mean, the deal that we did with GA to a degree was a yeah. you know, a very very large negotiation. Personally, I think go into the negotiations with good intentions and goodwill. Yeah. I've met people that go in hard and tough from the beginning and they hold their cards so close to their chest and whilst I think that can that that's a useful strategy if you're never going to see that person again. But I think again on the balance of probabilities, you probably will see that person again. So I think by going into negotiations in a positive, productive yeah. and open way, I think even though I think a, a real hard negotiator really understands this space would probably challenge me and go, yeah, but Ben, you're probably going to end up leaving money on the table or getting a suboptimal deal. In my experience, a suboptimal deal with a great relationship and a point where everyone's happy moving forward tends to be more beneficial than a really harsh deal. And you really squeeze someone to the point where they're not 100% happy and bought in with that deal. Uh, and, And again, it really depends. Like if I'm an individual that's wanting to go to negotiate my salary. Yeah. I haven't actually been in that position in my entire life, so I'm I'm only speaking theoretically here. Everybody at Gymshark's going to be coming to you tomorrow. Everyone's going to be yeah, coming, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which so be, we won't which let it all out. Be great <laughs> um, again, I think do it with the best intentions. If, yeah. I mean, listen, if again, like if if someone was to come to me and yeah. go, Ben, I want this, or yeah. I'm going, and I've got this other job. I would not even enter a negotiation with that. Mm. I would go, okay, well, you've you've already got one foot out the door. So no hard feelings whatsoever. I'm going to go write you a lovely reference because you've done great things here, but I think you need to move on and go somewhere else. If someone comes to me and goes like, listen, I think I'm adding this sort of value. Here's some things that I've achieved. Here's some things I'm really proud of. I'm well aware I've still got some things that I need to work on and I'd really like your support on those, but this is where I think I should be. Then that's such a good conversation to have. And and you can you can agree, you can disagree, and there's a conversation to be had there. And I, mm-hmm. I can imagine that's quite a daunting conversation for an individual to have. Um, but that would be the way that I would yeah. appreciate it. Uh, approach it it's tricky though but like you said and i'm not going to get all scientific on it but so much says that the most effective negotiators want to build trust Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day build a relationship because nobody likes a hostile environment yeah and and so i think you're completely right now before we go any further and i kind of share what i think your superpower is that from knowing you over the last Mm. 13 years and today one thing i have to pick up on is uh, somebody once likened you to a cocker spaniel right what was going on there and are you you're no longer a cocker spaniel. I don't know. I think I'll just run around doing things all day. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I can't remember. I think it's, just, again, like, I just running around, like, doing things all day. I like yeah. to be active. I like to be in the gym. I like to yeah. be walking around the office. Um, I hated having to work from home for too long. Like, I like yeah. to be around people. Um, I love meeting new people. I don't know. I think it's just that. And, like, I like to get my hands dirty and actually physically yeah. be with the product, in the factory, with the people, doing things. And I think, I don't know why then if that's a personality trait i don't know if that's a, a thing that i've just got from my family and growing up in the family yeah. that we did but yeah i'd imagine that's it but you're not a, i don't think you're a cock spaniel anymore you said that you manage your energy a lot better you know, yeah i think you're so a bit more of a, like a doberman a... i get i get a bit aggy if i'm not in the gym that often okay if i've got like yeah, yeah, yeah. excess energy you know what I mean? yeah. okay. sounds stupid if you haven't walked a dog for a week and they get mental yeah uh, no i i i definitely <laughs> have to get in the gym and i try and get into the gym at least three or four days a week yeah even just to sort my head out. Even if you're traveling. 
yeah i think that's so important or get outside that's the other thing as well yeah. that really gets to me yeah. not being outside so if i'm off for a week i'll try and be outside as much as love i can it. i just love being outdoors so true and i think like people underestimate nature like i've never met anybody yeah. who said i regret taking a walk yeah you know people always come back a little bit better yeah now ben before we go into what i think your superpower is now i've got to write it down because i don't didn't know it at the start of today so i'm going to write that down and we're going to a bit of a discussion about it i've got a bit of a quick fire round for cool. you a few questions, right, that I just want to throw at you, okay? Mm-hmm. Ready? Okay. I'm ready. What world record do you think that you'd have a shot at beating? What world record? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I've got no idea. So I'm never going to make these easy. If this Quick is probably fire. a better, better yeah. for someone else to answer. Nah. What world record would I have a shot at beating? It's funny I say this because I'm in a good conversation with Guinness World Records at the moment and they just go wild about ideas. I've got no idea. Lil, can you help me? <laughs> there must be something. I've got no idea. It mu- it's something around consistency, I'd say. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of consi- I could do the same thing. I'll tell you nice. what I could do. Yeah. I could very com- if you said to me right now, yeah. you have to eat the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the same food, whatever it is, the same meal every day for the rest of your life. I would sign that and do it with complete ease, and I would never ever yeah. have a desire to veer off that track. Love that. Well, I've got people from Guinness World Records who are mm. probably watching from London and Dubai, so I'm sure they might be in <laughs> touch with that one. Right, but next one, right? You're having a dinner party. Yeah. Three guests are coming. Mm. They uh, dead or alive, but they're coming to the. Who are you inviting and why? These are really hard questions. Why couldn't I work on these before? I know, sorry. Uh, Dead or alive? Okay, so number one is 100% Winston Churchill. Oh, nice. 100% Winston Churchill. Uh, Number two... This is really hard. I love how I'm like quick fire. They're actually like the most painfully got to think about questions. promise to get quicker would it have to be would it be Steve Jobs probably Steve Jobs oh wow just because I would just it's just fascinating it'd be yeah, interesting yeah. wouldn't it number three it would probably be there's an old picture that we've got in our family of my great grandparents yeah and they was out fighting in World War 2 I'd probably wow. I'd probably want to meet them just to know what their experience was like because there was two brothers there was yeah. three brothers two of them actually met they randomly met each other. Wow. Um, and then there was, I think one of them was at the liberation of a concentration camp. So I would definitely like to meet them. In, yeah. One of and those Winston and, throughout the war. There's a lot of yeah, war well, theme you, going on you, at the you, table. You, yeah. You sit next to him. Yeah. Um, yo, it's amazing. I think it's an interesting point. If anyone listening, I think we should all do more to help the elderly. Yeah. You know, I was with a 95-year-old who's here in London, sat mm-hmm. with her the other day. She's quite lonely. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just teach me about like the Blitz and the war. There's just so much, like you say, to learn from them. So I think yeah. anybody listening, especially if they've got elderly so neighbors, the reason that we're here today. Yeah, yeah exactly, mate. Okay, right. We'll, we'll change the mood up a little bit, though. Right, yeah. favourite holiday destination? Oh, my wife's going to hate me saying this. Go on. England. I, no, I like I, it. I love it here. I absolutely love it here. Like and this that. is the thing. So growing yeah. up, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go to all these places. Yeah. I've seen so much of the world now. Yeah. This is such an amazing country. I love it here so much. Oh. I would just stay at home eating the same thing. And I, I'd just yeah. work around the house. I would genuinely, that was it. And I did it a few weeks. I had a week <laughs> off. I didn't leave a 10 mile radius wow. of where I live. That that would be my, Robins wouldn't. Robins would be some yeah. beach somewhere in, you know, it's really warm <laughs> and nice and all sand and all that. But yeah. no, I would quite happily stay here. Nice. I love it here. Right, with this one, it's what comes to your mind when I say mm. body power? Gym shower. Nice. Okay. Seamless. Vital. Leggings. I mean, I'm wearing seamless now. Uh-uh. Okay. Family. Oh. Everything. Ah. And the final one, I think everyone will want to know. Mm. What's your Nando's order? Oh, <laughs> it varies a lot now. Um, no, it's a bit weird at the moment because I, I don't, I've been sort of coming off the carbs a bit. All right. Six thighs, plain. Oh, not plain? Yeah, it's just the most boring meal that you'll ever actually have. actually can't take the spice I did have or? chips the other week, but yeah, no, mm. no, just, no, I, I can absolutely have the spice. I'm just yeah. trying to avoid sugar and carbs. So I just okay. have plain thighs, six of them. They, they do them like as a four and then you can top them up with two extra. Okay. What? Yeah. Eat the most Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, right, Ben. 
I knew your surname would come in handy one day, by the way. I know, right? We didn't know where it would come in, but yeah, here it is. (laughs) Well, I get the banter from people, you're going to call your kids solar or wind. (laughs) I was like, I think I can think a bit better than that. Anyway, no, Ben, obviously getting to know you over the last kind of 13 years, university up to where we are now and the conversation today, I think there's one thing that's always stood out to me about you. Mm. And what I thought was and have confirmed today is your superpower. Mm. And that's that one thing that you might be like, no, it's not again. I hope that's not the case. Mm. You mentioned today about your processes, your routine and how important that is. Mm -hmm. And I also don't forget at uni, you might not remember this, Mm. but everyone was going to the cinema and everyone was getting like popcorn, hot dogs, whatever. And Mm. you had carrots and hummus. Mm. (laughs) And to have that level of self-control is remarkable, right? Because Mm -hmm. not everybody in the world has it. And so... The superpower I think is yours is discipline. Oh, thank you. And and it's something that I think is so underestimated around the world. Mm. Because motivation, right, is when you want to do something. Mm-hmm. Whereas you keep saying, you know, I could do the same thing day in, day out. Mm-hmm. I, I stick at it. And I genuinely believe, and I could be wrong, that's led to so much of why you yeah. are incredible in what you do. What do you think about the word discipline? Well, I like it. I think I think I actually think it's true. I've never actually thought about it for obvious reasons, but I think that would definitely be true. I think I even little things like getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, eating at the same time. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, consistency and discipline has been incredibly important. And it's something that I learned the first day I stepped into the gym at 15, 16 years uh-huh. old. And again, that whole 100% today to be 1% better to tomorrow thing. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And that's not to say that every day is a great day, but I think Mm. if you can just learn something or do something on a particular day to improve yourself, I think that helps. And I I, I think you're right. I I am disciplined in that. And every week now, I wasn't doing this before, but I lift a consistent amount of days a week. I'll read a consistent days a week into separate subjects, which at the time I'm interested in. As of two weeks ago, I've started running every week, which at the moment I absolutely hate. I absolutely hate it, but I'm doing it because apparently it's good for me. But can I just drill there? So you hate it, because I think a lot of people listening, but this is the issue. Like they they hate it and then they give up. So we've got a live example, Mm. not like in running, but you're sticking at it. Mm -hmm. Why are you sticking at it? Because I want people to learn from this. Why am I sticking at it? Because in my, even though I hate it, I know in my heart of hearts, the net benefit to me is better. And I've got this view of what I want Ben to look like in the future. Yeah. And Ben of the future is a charismatic, athletic, successful individual with a great family life, life, happy and healthy kids that is competent in the areas that I want to be competent in. And when I look at other people that I admire, Mm. they're in shape. And I, I do think that, physical shape does have an impact on mental health and mental shape and for me just being able to lift weights to a certain level isn't enough and Mm -hmm. i I do like the thought of running and to be honest the the running thing came out of i was watching that sas program they did and then i started googling and going oh if i wanted to get into the sas what would i have to do and i was like you know i could probably do that i could probably do that I fancy myself there. And then it had like the cardio stuff and I was like, oh my God, I get battered then. So I thought <laughs> I would, I thought I want to be able to get to a point yeah. where I would, my, my, my sort of ambition is by 32 be yeah. a, a level of fitness and health so I could pass those sort of military fitness tests. So wow. fingers crossed I can get there. Like that. And, and- what do you think about this? Because I think discipline, traditionally, we spoke about the war as well, can be quite mm-hmm. a, a harsh word. You look at yeah. the armies around the world, and I read recently somebody likened discipline in a different way to like self-love. Not mm. getting all fluffy here, but they were kind of saying that instead of, you know, when you wake up and you're like, Ben, get your ass out and get running right mm-hmm. now. Or you could say, you know, Ben, you're going to feel great later on. Yeah. You're going to feel fantastic if you just get up and just go for that run now. Are you more of the like, what's that voice like in I, your head? Like, get your ass out now. I heard or, something years ago that really stuck with me. And it was, it was words to the effect of, People get given medication by their doctor and so on. They get told to do things by their doctor and they never do it. But then if it was a family member or even worse, a pet, if a a vet gives you medication to give to your pet, everyone gives it to them. But when it's themselves, they make all these excuses and there's reasons why not and so on and so on. So I think you're right. If if you really did care about yourself, then you would treat yourself like you would treat someone else. And the Mm -hmm. reason that people tend to treat other people better or give other people better advice is because the 
the emotion, the excuses are pulled out of it. So yeah. I do, I just think like, Ben, what if it, if you weren't you, what would you advise you to do? And I would say, Ben, I would advise that you run yeah. at least once a week. Like what, what is once a week? What's 20 minutes a week, yeah. whatever it is, whether it's 1K, 5K, whatever it is. That will, in the long term, benefit you. It will mean that you can set a better example for essentially your family and your children. Um, and, you know, it might mean I can live a longer and happier and healthier life. Nice. Now, and I think on that it's beautiful because I think a key message there is to everybody listening is speak to yourself like you would a best friend mm-hmm. because people are quite harsh on themselves sometimes. Whereas mm-hmm. actually if you speak to them like you would your best friend, mm-hmm. you're going to get far more out of it, which I think yeah. is really powerful. I now, agree. We've shared your superpower, which is discipline, but I've got one final question before we wrap up today, Ben. Mm. And we've spoken a lot about Gymshark into the future. You know, we might not be there in 2,112, but Mm. there'll be a legacy. What's a legacy that you want to leave behind and you want Ben to be remembered for? Oh, well, obviously, personally, I want to have a great, great family. I want to, I want to raise great, well-rounded children that, go off and do whatever they want. I don't, I, I, whether or not my kids or my family are financially successful, I genuinely don't see as a KPI. I think the main thing for me is I want them to feel the freedom to do what they love, whatever that is. Um, and then in terms of me, I, I, like I said, I want that happy and healthy family. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great business person. And I want to be someone that's like, I guess someone that's like a man of their word. I feel like if I say I'm going to do something, I want to be someone that that does it. Yeah. And I want to be someone that I guess people can trust. Yeah. Powerful. And I think just to reaffirm that, there's certain things that you've done for me over the years mm. that have stuck with me. And you probably won't remember them. Mm. In turbulent times for me, you wrote me a card in 2015. Mm-hmm. You know, and then even... You know, recently with things going on, mm-hmm. um, you, you drop me a text message. However you discipline yourself, you remind yourself you do it and you stick mm-hmm. to it. So I've got to give you credit there. You're already thank doing you. it. I'm sure you've remembered for that into the future. So thank from you. me, Ben, it's just honestly a huge, huge thank you for the conversation. You are an inspiration to so many people around the world listening to this. You've inspired me in my life and just so incredible in all you've achieved. You're very humble. We know that word is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, comes out about you but i hope you're so proud of yourself because we're so proud of you thank you can't wait for the future thank you for being with us thank you for having me also a thank you to you our listeners for being part of this community by watching subscribing liking and also leaving comments on all the videos it honestly really helps us to grow the show and to invite more incredible guests to join us in the future Now, our plans are super exciting, and with your support, we can make this even bigger. And so if you do enjoy the show, please do hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to the podcast. It really means so, so much to me and all of us at the Superpower Podcast. And if you're watching us on board your in-flight entertainment, remember to follow us when you land, or maybe you've got Wi-Fi in the sky. For now, it's a huge thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Superpower Podcast with me, Gian Power.